Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to uplevel your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hi, love. Welcome to episode 48 of the Money Love Podcast. I have something pretty crazy and exciting to mention in this episode, and that is that the Money Love Podcast is almost pretty much, we're a day short, but pretty much a year old, you guys. So the first episode aired on August 18th, 2020, and today's episode is coming out on August 17th. So tomorrow, the podcast will officially be a year old. And it's crazy. It's crazy just to look back on the past year and think that I have written and recorded and edited and posted and promoted 48 episodes, including today's episode. This past year has been so challenging, but also so rewarding because I'm not sure if y'all know this, but when it comes to this podcast, it's just me, okay? I do it all. So it takes hours and hours just to even get one episode to you guys each week across everything that has to get done. So when I say that it's been equal parts challenging and rewarding, that's what I mean by that. But I also just want to say that this podcast truly has exceeded all of my expectations for this first year. It's really something that I genuinely love doing. I look forward to it every week because I really do feel so connected to all of you through it, which is why I love it and why it means so much to me. I will say releasing it, I wasn't really sure how it was going to be received. I wasn't sure if it was going to resonate or just be a total bust, but I think from what I can tell from most of you that are here, a lot of the episodes really do resonate with you. And that just makes me so happy. And I'm telling you all of this because I want to thank each one of you for being here this past week. I truly do view this as just the beginning. And so if you've been here this past year, I want you to know like you're an OG. Okay. I plan on this podcast going on for a lot longer. And I just want to say that I love each and every one of you. I know I say that each week, but I want you to know when I say that, I really do mean it. I'm not just saying it, and I'm so happy that you're here. So keep an eye out this week. I am actually going to be doing a giveaway over on Instagram for the one-year birthday of the podcast. So if you're not following me on Instagram, but you want to participate in the giveaway, Just make sure that you're following me on Instagram. My handle is Paige L. Pritchard. Paige is with an I and Pritchard is spelled P-R-I-T-C-H-A-R-D. Okay. Are you guys ready to talk about bored money choices? I know I am because I will tell you that boredom, the emotion of boredom is something that I've actually been thinking a lot about recently, not only in the role that it has played in my life but also how it affects each one of you. And I'm hearing this emotion come up a lot. You're like, why are we spending an entire episode talking about boredom? And it's because it's just coming up over and over and over, especially I will say within the last 18 months with the pandemic. It's an emotion that I think a lot of us have dealt with our entire lives, but it's been magnified during the past 18 months. And the truth is, is that boredom can actually be a beautiful thing that really creates a net positive result in our life. But the reality is, is that for many people, it doesn't. For most of us, myself included, 
oftentimes what it does is it actually creates a net negative consequence in our life, especially with money. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So let's just start off by talking about what boredom is. I know you're like, come on, Paige. I know what boredom is. But I do think it's important to start off by saying and pointing out that boredom is simply an emotion. It's a feeling. And that means that it goes into the F line of our model. That's the CTFAR that I talk about in almost every episode. Now, I'm pointing out that boredom is an emotion because of the fact that emotions drive all of our actions or inactions that precede the emotion. And this is why it's important to realize that boredom is an emotion because when you think about it, most of us, when we are bored, what do we do? We consume. We consume food when we're bored. We drink alcohol when we're bored. We consume social media when we're bored. We online shop when we're bored. Like, have you ever looked back at something that you did, an action that you took that later on maybe you regretted or you were like, gosh, I kind of wish I didn't do that. And you were thinking back to why did I do that? And then you kind of realize, oh, I was just kind of bored. Like I did that just because I was bored. I mean, I know I have. I have a very tangible result in my life that I can link back to boredom and my resistance to feel bored. So some of you know, and I've talked about that over the past three years, I've been on a weight loss journey and it's been no overnight process, but throughout that time, I've lost about 40 to 45 pounds. And what I've realized is that the dominant emotion that was at the foundation of my weight gain was boredom. The reason that I put on all that weight because I was bored. And so what I would do, my vice was alcohol. So I would get bored and I would start drinking wine because I was bored and I had nothing else to do. I couldn't just sit with the boredom. And then what would end up happening is I would drink way too much wine. I would never just stick to the glass that I said I was going to drink. And normally I would drink the entire bottle. And then I would end up super late at night eating crap at like 10 or 11 o'clock at night. I would be dehydrated. I would sleep awful. I would eat awful the next day because I was hungover. And that literally went on for about a year. And I gained 40 to 50 pounds in about a year to 15 months time. Seriously, I'm not kidding. I gained 50 pounds because I was bored. For so many of us, the actions that boredom leads to is some form of buffering, which in case you've missed it in a past episode, I've talked about buffering before, but buffering simply means that you put a buffer between you and the emotion that you are not wanting to feel. And typically that buffer is some form of overconsumption. When most of us are bored, many of the times we consume, we escape and run away from the boredom. So let's focus on money for a second, right? This episode is called Bored Money Choices. So what are some of the money choices that you make when you are feeling bored? I really want you to think about it for a second. I think that the most obvious answer for most of us is spending. We spend money. Online shopping, just popping into Target and walking around to see what they got because, you know, there's nothing better to do. And again, for many of us, boredom leads to consumption. And when it comes to our finances, we consume stuff, right? We consume the stuff that money buys us. 
And we spend money that we didn't plan to spend ahead of time. And we do that so that we get that little squirt of dopamine that feels just oh so good to our brains. And when it comes to boredom with our finances, for most of us, that is how it manifests out, by spending money and oftentimes overspending and overconsuming. And just how overeating leads to weight gain and overdrinking leads to hangovers and health issues and also weight gain and overconsuming social media leads to emotional hangovers, overspending obviously has its own set of consequences. It creates debt. It creates clutter and excess in our life with stuff that we've acquired with money that we don't really need or use or value. And again, these are all net negative consequences that come from the buffering and come from the overconsumption. And oftentimes we do it because we are simply trying to escape boredom. So I want to ask you, are you someone who spends money when you're bored? Are you someone who just hops on your favorite site to see if they got any sales going on? Or you just, you know, go onto Amazon and you just mindlessly start clicking around from item to item just to see what they got? Do you click on every shop now button on every single Instagram ad that you're served on your feed? Do you just go into stores and walk around just to see what they got? Looking for something to buy that you don't really need, but it's like, oh, it's just something to do. Do you do those things? Is that you? There is no shame here. It's all about awareness. We all have our go-tos that we do when we are feeling bored. For many of us, it's spending money. And sometimes it can also be other things. For me, my predominant go-to was drinking alcohol, but spending money was also another one for me as well. But regardless of what your go-to is, whether it is spending money or whether it's something else, I really want to spend the rest of this episode reframing boredom and really digging into it as an emotion and showing you that there is nothing to run away from. Because I think that boredom is truly one of the most misunderstood emotions in our culture. And because of that, it is causing so much pain And it's creating so many negative consequences in our lives, but it doesn't have to. So here's how we're going to go through the rest of this episode. We're going to go through the middle part of the model, the thoughts, the feelings, and the action part of the model, and we're going to evaluate boredom through each of them. Like we always do, we're going to start with your thoughts about boredom. Okay, the first thing that I want to point out here is that boredom doesn't just happen to you. Okay, we act like it does. We act like situations and people and places are inherently boring, right? We act like they just are. We're like, oh, she's so boring. Certain places, certain situations. We're like, well, I don't want to go do that because that's just boring. But they're not. Things aren't just inherently boring. We have thoughts about the situations, the people, the places that actually create the boredom. And I think that this is really important to point out Because I want you to know that you are the creator of the boredom that you feel by having thoughts that cause you to feel bored. So some of these thoughts might be very subconscious, but they could be thoughts like, there's nothing to do. There's nowhere to go. It's so quiet. There's no one around. All the days feel the same. Or even when someone asks you like, hey, how are you? What's been going on? And you're like, oh, you know, nothing exciting, nothing new, just same old, same old. Even the statement, I'm so bored, is a thought. And of course, that is a thought that will create the emotion of boredom inside of you. 
I always tell you guys that all thoughts are available to you. You have control over your thoughts and what you allow yourself to think. And many times your thoughts, our thoughts, me included, are not true. (laughs) The thought, there's nothing to do. Look at that. Evaluate that thought. I mean, come on. Is that thought actually true? There's nothing to do. No, of course it's not. That is a complete lie. There is always something to do. Always. But we say that thought like it's a fact, like it's true. And so then that thought creates the emotion of boredom. Again, I want you to see and show you that you are the creator of the boredom that you feel by the thoughts that you think about people, places, and situations, which are not inherently boring, but we act like they are. We decide that they are by the thoughts that we choose to think about them. Now, let's think of bored as an overall emotion, okay? How do you think about being bored? What are your beliefs about boredom in general as an emotion? I know it might be a a weird question to ask, but think about how you talk about being bored. Typically, when we say we're bored, we say it very exasperated, right? We're like, ugh, I'm so bored. We act like it is the worst of the worst emotions to be experiencing, and our thoughts and our words reflect that. When I think about all the negative emotions out there that are available to feel, there are so many that I can come up with that feel much worse than boredom. Maybe it's just me, but I would rather be bored than feel grief. I would rather feel boredom than feel humiliated. I would rather feel boredom than feel angry. But it is so hilarious to think about how we think about and talk about boredom, right? Like think of little kids. Even as little kids, we are taught and raised to believe that we cannot be bored. We hear all the time from our parents and from the adults in our lives like, uh, we'll just go find something to do. You should be doing something. Little kids are always like, mom, I'm so bored, right? Again, it's like paying attention to how we talk about it. I know many parents thinking that your kid is bored is like the worst thing ever. I get it. I am not a parent from the parents that I'm friends with and that I coach. I know that many of you are exhausted, so tired of trying to keep your kids entertained simply because you don't want them to feel bored. And I thought about this as well. This is an interesting question to ask all the moms out there or dads. How much money have you spent so that your kids won't be bored? Not because you genuinely wanted to buy something that would make them happy or that would teach them something or you wanted to give them a new and unique experience, but solely because you did not want your kid to be bored. You are spending that money so that they aren't. Just another interesting question to think about that just popped into my head. But again, what are the thoughts that you have about boredom as an emotion? Do you have the belief that you always need to be doing something? that you or your kids or your family need to always be doing something. I can't be bored or we can't be bored. All just thoughts. Untrue thoughts, by the way, but interesting to evaluate that they are just thoughts and beliefs that you have about boredom as an overall emotion. I also talk a lot about your self-concept, but it's also important here when it comes to boredom. I was coaching a client a couple weeks ago and we were talking about this topic of being bored because it's actually an emotion that we realized that is leading her to do a lot of unplanned and impulsive spending. And she said, well, I'm just someone who always has to be doing something. Like I can't sit still. I'm just not the type of person that can do that. And that was just her self-concept. And again, I get it. 
might seem very true to you. A lot of you might have that self-concept as well. Your brain also might have a lot of evidence to point to, to back that up. But I want to remind you that anything when it comes to your self-concept, it's all optional. And I challenge you to evaluate it all to decide if it's actually serving you well. What she told me was a part of her self-concept that I know it sounds really pretty and really nice. And maybe in some aspects of her life, it does serve her. But in this aspect of us trying to do less unplanned spending, it's not serving her. Because the second that she starts to feel bored or her mind starts to calm down or she starts to feel unstimulated, she's off to the next activity, which usually involves spending money. Some of us, maybe you're one of them, we are constantly outrunning our boredom, which is the same thing as escaping, being so busy that we never get bored. We fill our life with so many things that we never have the experience of actually just being with ourselves. So when it comes to your thoughts and beliefs about boredom, there are three questions and views that I want you to ask and evaluate. The first question is, what are the thoughts I'm thinking that are creating the boredom? Again, this just helps remind you and see and take back responsibility for the fact that you are the one creating boredom with your thoughts. It doesn't just happen to you. Boredom doesn't just fall out of the sky. You create boredom with your thoughts. So knowing what your thoughts are that are creating the boredom can be very insightful. The second question when evaluating your thoughts and beliefs about boredom is, what are my thoughts and beliefs about boredom in general as an emotion? Right? Like, what have I been taught and programmed to believe about being bored? Do I think it's okay just to be bored? Answer that. And then the third and final question in this area is also to evaluate boredom from the lens of your self concept. So, asking yourself, what is my self concept of my own tolerance for boredom? Like essentially, do I believe that I'm someone who can just welcome in and allow a certain level of boredom into my life? Or do I have a belief about myself that, well, I'm just someone who can't sit still. I'm just someone who always has to be on the go, who always has to be doing something. Yes, I understand that that self-concept might sound pretty and it might serve you in some areas. I would really challenge you to look at that and see if it's a part of your self-concept that actually is serving you well. Now, let's move on to the emotions part of the model because that's what boredom is. Boredom is an emotion. So I want to remind you that all emotions are, are vibrations in our body. That's all boredom is, just a vibration in your body. And all emotions are harmless, including boredom. (laughs) There is no emotion that can kill you, including boredom. And I know I'm being a bit melodramatic here, but some of us truly act like boredom is the worst possible emotion to experience. Like it's so awful and so terrible. And I want you to really think about this. How does boredom as an emotion feel inside your body? I know sometimes this is a hard question to answer. And maybe when I ask you that, you can't pinpoint it right away. But really think about how does boredom feel inside my body when I'm experiencing it? Because again, that's all it is. It's just a vibration in your body. Maybe you're not feeling bored right now. I hope you're not, I hope you're not feeling bored right now listening to this podcast. But the next time you are, please try to just slow down 
and actually come into awareness with the fact that you are feeling bored. And instead of buffering it away immediately by doing something, just be like, okay, here's the boredom. What does it feel like? Where is it in your body? Is it low vibe? Is it high vibe? Describe it. Name it. The reason that this is really impactful to do is because it simply reminds you that what you're running away from, what you're driving yourself into debt to escape, what you're gaining weight over, what you're hung over and feeling physically terrible because of, is not that bad. It's really not. Yes, of course, it's a bit dull. It's a bit low vibe. It can be a little bit uncomfortable. But does it warrant the consequences and the negative effects that as an emotion it is creating in your life because you are simply unwilling to feel it and you're buffering it away as soon as it comes up? I would say that no, it doesn't. So once we know that, instead of buffering it away, what we can do here is we can actually just feel it. We can settle into the emotion and just feel bored for a little bit. This really comes down to your ability and your skill of feeling, of being with yourself. Can you just hold your own boredom? Now, some of you at this point might be like, but Paige, like, why? Why should I feel bored? Like, if I don't want to be bored and I don't have to be bored because I can just find something to do, then why would I do that? So let me answer this question because I know some of you might be wondering this. And my answer is really twofold. The most obvious answer is because for most people, the majority of actions that extend from the boredom are forms of buffering, which means it causes our lives to move in the wrong direction, the opposite direction of our highest selves and where we are trying to get to. And we've talked about that in this episode. But then the second part of that answer is because it goes back to when I said at the beginning of the episode that boredom can be a beautiful thing. Boredom is actually an opportunity to listen, to hear, to discover, to learn, to be, to feel, to just be present, to stay with yourself instead of abandoning yourself. It is the ultimate chance that we are given to build intimacy with ourselves in a world that is flying a million miles a minute. I now think of being bored as an opportunity not something to escape from. We can either access inside of our own mind or we can escape out of our own mind when we're feeling bored. And when you don't have a good relationship with yourself and you don't like the contents of your own mind, you don't like hearing your own thoughts, then most often, of course, you will want to escape yourself when you're bored because that's basically just you being alone with you. And if you don't like yourself, of course, you're like, yeah, I'm out of here. But when you start using that time when you're bored to instead access yourself and listen to your thoughts and actually get to know yourself, you may come to want to change yourself. When you're bored, your mind, its contents, and your life will reveal itself to you. Because the more present you are with your life and the parts of it that you don't like, the more authority you actually get over it and the more influence you will actually have over it. The more you escape the life that you don't like, the less power you will have within it. And when you access yourself when you're bored, you find out what you're capable of, what your desires are, what you like, what you don't like. And when you escape, when you get to know how to do drugs, TV, food, alcohol, social media, false pleasure, that's what you get good at. 
So why should you practice feeling bored? Why should you intentionally feel bored and instead of pushing it away, invite it in? Because I think awareness is more profound and more helpful than busyness. This is how you start to learn to use boredom for you rather than using it against you. When you invite the boredom in and you say, okay, I'm feeling bored and for the next 10 minutes, I'm just going to be bored. And you don't allow any inputs and you process through the boredom. And oftentimes on the other side of that boredom is a lot of wisdom and ideas and creativity. So I'm going to urge you, just be bored for a minute. Boredom is when you hold space for everything to just calm down. The restlessness, all of it, just be there. The anxiousness, the desire to be entertained, it can all go away. And then just notice what comes up for you. And it only has to be five to 10 minutes, but just notice and be bored on purpose. I have had some of my best ideas and my most profound insights when I'm bored. It's a time where your brain actually gets freed up and it isn't being pulled in a million different directions. And this is why a lot of people say that they came up with like their million dollar idea in the shower because being in the shower is a mindless task. Most of us have showered thousands of times in our lifetime. It doesn't take a lot of brain energy. It's not very stimulating. But that is why we come up with some of our most creative ideas in the shower because, again, our brain actually has an opportunity to calm down for a second. So yes, intentionally be bored. Feel it for 10 minutes. That's it. I'm not saying you have to sit around for hours and hours just being bored, but get into the habit of not rushing it away like it's some terrible thing to outrun because it's not. Be with it without reaching for the food. Be with it without reaching for the glass of wine. Be with it without picking up your phone and pulling up the Amazon app. Allow the boredom for a period of time. And then after that, we can move on to the last part of this, which are the actions that precede the boredom. Here is my biggest piece here with the A-line when it comes to the actions that stem from your boredom. Try to focus on making the shift from consuming to creating consuming to creating. This will be a game changer. I promise you. 90% of people, when they feel bored, they consume. And most of the time they overconsume. But what if instead of consuming the next time that you felt bored, you intentionally found ways to create, to create connection with others, to create energy for yourself, to create value for someone else, to create more money, to create more knowledge, create, create, create. I really want you to think about what are the choices that you want to make when you find yourself feeling bored, when you find yourself in the company of yourself, and it's not that enjoyable. It's kind of uncomfortable. What do you want your protocol to be? What do you want your choices to be? What do you want to spend that time, that empty time and that empty space doing? And I recommend that whatever it is, you use it creating and you choose it consciously. Here's what I did a couple years ago. It really started out with alcohol, but I also used this for money. I made a list of things that I could do once I started feeling bored and I felt that urge to buffer it away with alcohol or spending money. I made a list of things to do that did not involve alcohol or swiping my credit card. And it was a list of things that focused on creation, not consumption. So it wasn't like, oh, well, I'm going to go watch TikTok for three hours or binge an entire season of a show on Netflix because I'm feeling bored. Again, that's consuming. 
No, it was something that created something in my life. It wasn't using food as my entertainment or alcohol as my entertainment or money as my entertainment. You guys know one thing I'm always saying to you is that money doesn't exist to entertain you. Some of you guys think it does, but it it doesn't. (laughs) That's not the purpose of your money. It's not your money's job to give your brain a dopamine hit. Okay, so here are the things. I'm going to read you that list. I still have it. I look at it often when I'm feeling bored and I feel that urge to go drink something or to go spend money that I know I didn't plan ahead of time to spend. So creating knowledge. You can listen to a podcast. You can watch a coaching call. You can read a book. Creating health and creating energy for myself. So for me, this looks like exercise, going on a walk, doing a Peloton ride, some sort of workout class. Creating connection, more connection and love in my life. So calling a family member or a friend that I haven't talked to in a while and I want to catch up with. Having a conversation with my husband, Ryan. Creating more money. So I'll work on my business. I will put my mind to work on how I can create more value, put more value into the world, which will create more money for me. Creating more value for others. Doing some sort of act of service for another person. My love language is acts of service, both giving and receiving. I love doing things for other people. And so I have this on my list. I can go out and I can create value for someone else. I can do an act of service for them which of course in turn helps them, but it also fills me up. And the last creation category is just creating more self-awareness and intimacy with myself. So that can look like meditation, visualization, journaling, or doing a thought download and doing some self-coaching on myself. So there's a lot of other examples. You might have your own drawing, painting, writing, gardening, building something with your hands, volunteering. There's a lot of things that might resonate with you that I don't have on my list, but this is how we can use boredom for you, using it in a way that creates something beautiful, not using it in a way that creates negative results that move you farther away from what you really want, that moves you farther away from being your happiest self, your healthiest self, your richest self. Your idle hands, when you don't have anything to do, It is only dangerous if you escape it, if you buffer it away, if you try to get away from yourself. Otherwise, it can honestly be the answer to a lot of things. If you allow yourself to be bored and not to escape, you will find out what is true. You will find out what you are. You will find out who you are. You will figure out what is in that mind of yours that oftentimes you're running away from. And from there, you will get all the power to influence it change it, and harness it. What I am recommending is that we do not escape, that we don't try to use boredom as an excuse to escape, but we use boredom as an opportunity to create something amazing. So let's do a quick recap, okay? I know this has been a jam-packed episode, so I want to do a recap so that we're really clear on the process and everything that we've covered today. We have to start with reframing the way that we think about boredom, and also take accountability over the fact that we are the creators of the boredom, but that's okay. Even if we are feeling bored, even if we know, oh, I'm thinking thoughts that are making me feel bored, it doesn't have to be something to run away from. So I'm going to repeat those three questions that we went over in the thought part and belief part of this episode. Question one, what are the thoughts that I'm thinking that create the boredom that I feel? 
Question two, what is my belief system about being bored? How have I been programmed to think about boredom as a general emotion and how acceptable it is to feel it? Question three, what is my self-concept about my ability to be bored and hold space for boredom? And is that self-concept serving me? Or is the self-concept that I have just constantly keeping me busy and buffering and consuming and running away from myself? Very different, right? Next, feel the emotion of boredom. Welcome it in. Name it. Feel it. Describe it. How does it feel in your body? Where is it in your body? And show yourself that on the emotional spectrum, it's really not as scary or as unbearable as we make it out to be. You can feel it. I promise you, you can. And when you are feeling bored, before brushing it away, before buffering it away, I want you to spend five to 10 minutes just feeling the boredom. Before you open up Amazon, before you stop by Target just because, before you go onto your favorite website just to see if there's any sales going on because there's nothing better to do, just process through the boredom. After you do that, last, be deliberate and intentional about the actions that you want to proceed the boredom. Shift from consuming to creating. There are so many beautiful things that you have the ability to go out and create and so many beautiful things that the world needs from you. We all need to do more creating and less consuming. Think about how much more amazing and beautiful the world would be if we could even shift that ratio, the ratio of consuming versus creating, even just a little bit. It would make the world such a more amazing place. So make a list of those things. Put it on your phone. Put it on a sticky note, somewhere that you can access regularly. If you want to use some of my examples to start out with because you can't think of any right now, please borrow some of mine. But after you've been in the boredom for a bit, don't rush it away. If you are still wanting to do something after you've allowed the boredom, you have an entire list of ideas of things that you can go do that don't involve consuming and they don't involve swiping your credit card. A list of things that will not deplete your bank account, but they will either directly or indirectly increase the wealth that becomes available to you. Boredom is sabotaging so many of us, you guys, and it doesn't have to. I am tired of seeing so many amazing women with so much potential, particularly financial potential, moving in the wrong direction simply because they are not thinking about boredom in the right way. and. They are unwilling to feel it. And because of that, they are escaping it with decisions that are hurting their finances. We don't have to do that anymore. We can start moving in the opposite direction. I know that we can do it. You can do it. I can do it. We all can do it together. All right. I love you all. Like always, please share this episode. I think that this message is so important. Share it with the women in your life who you know need this help and who you know need to hear this. I am feeling so happy, so appreciative for all that has happened in this past year. But again, please know that this is just the beginning and I am so grateful that you're here. I love you so much. I will see you next Tuesday. Have a great week. Bye. Hey girl, if you enjoyed this episode, I want to invite you to join me in overcoming overspending. 
It's my signature program where I take you through my three-phase approach to stop impulse shopping and overspending so that you can finally start making substantial progress with your finances. Through the self-paced online program, the student community group, and live weekly coaching with me, you will receive all the encouragement you need to finally achieve lasting change with your money habits that have been sabotaging you for so long. You'll have money back in your pocket. You will leave behind the stress and the worry that you currently experience with money, and your spending will be controlled, purposeful, and actually feel good and be fun. The best part is it's 100% risk-free. You have a lifetime to implement my proven process. And after doing that, if you don't make your investment back, I will give you a full refund. Your results are guaranteed or the program is on me. Just head over to overcomingoverspending.com to get started. I can't wait to have you as a student within the program.